You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, for your Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns. A little late today, as most of you know, my mom uh, recently a widow, so uh, needs some assistance today. And hey, mom calls. You got to go answer that bell. Uh, things we're going to get to here today. Obviously, we'll get to the Browns news of the day, uh, you know, NFL news of the day here. Uh, segment se- a second segment, we'll start doing the running back preview position ahead of training camp 2020. Um, and then the last segment, we'll tr- I'm going to try to nail down what will be the members of the 53-man roster on the offensive side of the ball here. Um, your Cleveland Browns news of the day. We had mentioned yesterday... Um, Every team in the NFL is required for an infectious disease emergency response plan, the IDER plan. Uh, We had said yesterday that there were 20 teams that had already been approved. The Browns were not yet one of them. Uh, The Browns now are official, which means, you know, uh, the plan you have in place, if God forbid you get something like the Marlins, um, you have a plan in place where the Players Association is in agreement with how things are going to be run in the event of a situation like that. As, as far as the league, and you're going to do everything you can to try to ensure the future safety of those who have not tested um, you know, positive for coronavirus. So you know, that's kind of where we are with that. Um, every team's required to do so. The Browns have now met the qualifications asked for by the NFL Players Association and in accordance uh, as well with the NFL. Going on here... Um, Obviously, the date is August 3rd. Um, we've started to see a slew of names today. And look, we talked about this. There were going to be football players that were going to do this. Um, just feeling that the risk is is too much um, to play the 2020 NFL season. Um, look, a lot of these young kids, you know, this be, being a professional athlete meant you were able to give your family some financial stability maybe that they have never seen. But in the same respect, you know, if they were in some of these situations, you know, sometimes you have people with medical issues, um, you know, a mom, a dad, or a grandma, or whatever, who, you know, needed, you know, the financial assistance, you know, to get the help needed um, with issues they had, and that's where a lot of these players are coming from who are opting out. Uh, The New England Patriots, I believe the number is up to six players to this point. One of the most notable players, probably the entire NFL to this point, Uh, To opt out, Dante Hightower uh, has a young child at home, I believe, you know, less than two weeks old. Um, Dante Hightower figuring that maybe me, you know, maybe missing, you know, and ideally you wouldn't want to come home, you know, to your child in this situation. You know, if you, you know, any chance you're exposed, you're just taking too great of a risk here. Um, And maybe he does not want to miss the first four, five, you know, six months of his child's life. And in these situations, and look, you're not going to be able to say, you know, and, and I've seen some of this where, you know, I actually saw something where, you know, some of these players who are making five, six million dollars and are opting out of not playing. So obviously leaving that money essentially on the table for this season, seeing people use the term selfish, which absolutely stinking blows my mind. Uh, you know, imagine leaving five million dollars on the table because you choose to be with, you know, your wife, your significant other and your young child and, you know, you're called selfish for leaving the money on the table because you felt family over team over franchise. Absolutely just straight bonkers. 
But, I mean, there are some big names at this point. Like I said, six New England Patriots. Um, look, New England's going to be an interesting season as it is. Uh, you know, I, you know, everybody knows, you know, no more Tom Brady. You know, Cam Newton coming in. Um, everybody's speculating, you know, is is, Bel- is Bill Belichick maybe encouraging this and so he can get himself up higher, possibly in the draft order for whoever it is, quarterback of the future, you know, could be. Um, everybody seems to be saying Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to tell you maybe Justin Fields. Um, I think what Justin Fields could do as far as a Lamar Jackson type, um, you know, athletic quarterback with a nice, big, accurate, strong arm. You know, you know, some of the way the quarterback position is trending in the NFL. I wouldn't be so sold that it's Trevor Lawrence that Bill Belichick would have his eyes on. Maybe it is one Justin Fields from the Ohio State University. And I'm sure all you Browns listeners would love the fact to get to see Justin Fields go play for the Patriots. Ah, gag. Um, but some of the other uh, bigger names, uh, you know, Michael Pierce, obviously, um, no stack with former Raven, uh, you know, now Minnesota Vikings has to this point opted out. Um, many others, uh, you know, Eddie Goldman from the Chicago Bears, um, and here is a really, really interesting one. Um, Marquise Goodwin was a member of San Francisco 49ers. Um, if everybody remembers, you know, he was the one that Jimmy Garoppolo missed deep late in the game that could have probably sealed it and ensured a San Francisco 49er Super Bowl victory. Uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin is now a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, and here's just another special case. Marquise Goodwin, and if people don't know well enough, he and his wife, uh, obviously in, in their attempts to start a family, his wife has gone through three miscarriages over the last, you know, I think it's three to four years. Um, and me, you know, with my wife having gone through several miscarriages before we had children, um, now they have a baby at home. And, you know, for all that his family has been through emotionally, and I'm telling you guys, if you've never been there, you, you, you just don't, you just don't truly understand it. And Marquise Goodwin, another situation similar to Dante Hightower, where I've waited so long for this and I've wished so long for this and I've prayed so long for this. I, I, I want to be there. Um, it, it, it's, it's commendable. You, it's absolutely, it's honorable for what these guys are choosing. And look, man, they're all leaving, they're leaving some significant money on the table to put their family, uh, you know, put their family and, you know, basically say, it's just not worth the risk to me and my family. And it's just, it's admirable. It's honorable. And, you know, major kudos to these guys who are, you know, in a position where they think their family's safe enough and they want to be a part of their family that they feel that this is, the correct thing for them and their families. I, I just can't go on and on enough about it. Um, we have till Monday, which will be August 3rd, when we can get the finalization of these players who are going to say, you want to know what? 2020, I'm just not going to do it. But that's going to be it come August 3rd. We, once you have made your decision that I am out, I am not a part of my said franchise, I am not a part of the 2020 season, there's no coming back. You've made this decision and... I'm sure it's going to be difficult for some guys because it might be really easy on the surface right now to say, this is not what's right for me right now. But as we get closer and closer to hopefully what will be a regular season, that itch is going to return. And even maybe that week one where, you know, they see ball being played and it's going to be really difficult. And look, but, you know, again, for the decisions these guys have made to this point, uh, you know, all the credit in the world to them. Absolutely honorable. And you look, there's there's nothing like family. Um, and 
the closer you can be with them and you when you have to make decisions based on what is good for them, you, the entire family unit as a whole, it's uh, A, number one, very difficult to do. Uh, as any parent who listens to the show knows, sometimes the toughest decisions, I mean, the toughest decisions absolutely come with a lot of, a lot of weight. But these guys felt comfortable to stand up for their families, stand up for what they feel is right for their families, and which is going to be the in what's going to be the most difficult sport to manage as far as getting through a season successfully uh, as we battle this, you know, silent assassin, this uh, sniper, so to speak, that is COVID-19. We're going to get to the running back preview ahead of training camp. We're going to get to trying to figure out the 53-man roster on the offensive side of the ball here today on Locked On Browns. More coming here in a bit. If you are not subscribed to I, uh, to Lockdown Browns on iTunes or Spotify, now is the perfect time to go ahead and do that. Smash that subscribe button uh, on iTunes, on Spotify. Um, go ahead and leave a five-star uh, rating. Go ahead, leave a written review for me. All those things help to continue the growth of the show here, and we'll just continue to pound it out here, give you guys the best coverage we possibly can you know, through the summer here and leading up to the 2020 NFL regular season. Like I said, we are going to preview the running back position here ahead of training camp for uh, you know what will you know what we're looking for in training camp ahead of the 2020 NFL season. To start this all off here, I mean, you talk about the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was the NFL rushing champion in 2017. Nick Chubb, if he had maybe started from Week One in 2018 could have been your NFL rushing title leader. Kareem Hunt, had he not gotten suspended for the rest of the season, could have been your 2018 NFL rushing leader. Nick Chubb, up until the final week of the 2019 NFL season, was your NFL's leading rusher. The potential of these two gentlemen individually is crazy. You are both, you're talking both backs have the potential to be a top five running back, not in the AFC North, not in the AFC, in the entire NFL. These two players individually have that amount of talent that they could be top five running backs in the entire NFL. Now you talk about the duality of them working together in a Kevin Stefanski offense. Nick Chubb, what was the bread and butter for Nick Chubb in 2019? Well, pretty much everything for Nick Chubb. But Nick Chubb excels in this outside zone. Uh, He has the speed that if he is able to get outside, it makes for a very, very difficult situation with him and any defensive back. If this wide zone where the defense flows properly and that cutback lane is there, now you're talking, you know, Nick Chubb against linebackers almost his size, linebackers that are going to have to shift in order to cut him off. And he's got the ability to run through them, run over them, run past them. Uh, One thing with Nick is, you know, you're going to hopefully see now in year three the maturation of Nick Chubb as a receiver. We've seen, obviously, the screen game is there, you know, simple flare outs out of the backfield, those type of things. But we want to see a little more. You know, one of my favorite routes for running backs is that Texas route, obviously, where you're going to challenge like you're running the flat. Once the linebacker's even with you, plant that outside foot on a diagonal, come back across the middle. Usually, it's usually, I mean, when it works, and it works pretty, it's usually there for a, a big opportunity where running backs going to catch the ball maybe somewhere between five and eight yards 
from the line of scrimmage, be able to get up a full head of steam, and then they're kind of you know hog loose. I'm sorry, hog wild in the secondary, so to speak. Just a great route, and you know we'd like to see a little bit more from that from Nick Chubb. Uh, just maybe the one part of his game that is not there as far as some of the upper echelon backs of Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, and even Kareem Hunt. This is where Kareem Hunt excels. This is where it's going to be interesting for Kareem here. Um, look, Kareem is pay, playing for a contract. Uh, you know, Kareem, as far as his rookie year in 2017 and what he had done, everything up until 2018, uh, until the incident, you know, got him suspended and you know it, it has left him basically in limbo as far as where his career is going to be long term in the NFL. Kareem never got that first payday as a mid-round, as a third-round pick. Similar to Nick Chubb. Kareem is going to be looking for this payday from somebody, a decent amount of chunk of change. So obviously, he's this is a huge, huge year for Kareem. Um, a, uh, first off, is how he can handle himself as a professional, how he can handle himself off the field, and this is going to be big with everybody. You don't want to hear these stories of any of these guys out and about, because this is that could just be absolute team health suicide as far as battling the coronavirus. So anybody, I mean, you hear about these guys being out in any sort of social type of aspect, it's certainly going to cause you some hesitation about whether or not these guys are doing things that are right and wrong for the team. This year it's going to be under a pressure cooker more than any other season. Kareem with this wide zone, another he's another one that fits it. You know, Kareem is a, you know, has the speed, has the physicality, uh, you know, has good bulk to him. He's not one of these smaller running backs. But the question is going to be is, are they going to give him a decent amount of carries as well? Or is this going to be something where it's basically just Nick's thing? Is Kareem more of a third down back? Is Kareem more of a guy that's going to get an opportunity when they want to give Nick Chubb a blow? Either way, they're going to be here. You talk about the potential of these two guys together. Nick Chubb, you're probably talking 1,600 combined yards, perhaps even more. Kareem Hunt should be able to clear 1,000 yards combined this season with the Browns as far as what he can do skill-wise. Putting these two guys together, you're talking somewhere, it's going to be north of 2,500, maybe a little bit less than 3,000 total yards that you can get out of this backfield. The potential for greatness and maybe one of the best individual running back duo seasons ever could take place with, with these Cleveland Browns and with uh, Nick Chubb and obviously with Kareem Hunt. Fullback, Andy Janovich. Uh, Andy Janovich. I'd like the addition. Um, obviously, Kevin Stefanski's system likes a fullback. Uh, Andy can do some things out of the backfield. He is a solid blocker. Literally, just looks like a fullback. You know that, like that. There is no neck, just a little bowling ball planted onto a muscular body. Got a little uh, opportunity to carry the ball in Denver, but Andy's going to be crucial here. And you know, there's going to be opportunities for him to make a play here and there. But there's also going to be the opportunity for him to make his living, making sure that this running back duo is able to establish everything that they can. You're going to get to this, what's going to be the rest of the running back room. And obviously, we're going to touch on this in the third segment of today's episode. You have your holdovers of Dearness Johnson. You have your holdover of Dontrell Hilliard. Then you have some free agent running backs. I'm not sure how this is going to play out for the rest of this running back group. Obviously, Dontrell Hilliard off to a stop. Tough start already, as he is uh, in the you know on the uh, COVID non-football injury list. So you know Dontrell, the best thing for Dontrell is to hopefully get back and you know put together a string of negative COVID tests as quickly as possible and get himself back into the fold here and give himself the best opportunity to make the 2020 roster. Uh, Dearness Johnson, 
Not the most athletic guy. I think Dearness Johnson had a nice 2019 summer, which gave him the opportunity to make this final roster. Uh, there were times he didn't dress either between he or Dontrell Hilliard once Kareem Hunt came back. Um, and it put for you know a different you know, difficult spot as what the meaning of the third running back was going to be in 2020. So where it's going to come from, a name of Brian Harrion, I'm not really sure. You know, you know Kareem Hunt's going to be here. Obviously, we know Nick Chubb is here. We know Andy Janovich is going to be here. What is going to be the fourth member of that running back unit? And we'll, you know, like I said, I'm going to get to that here in the third segment. But the potential of this running back group is outstanding. It is great. It is deep. You have, you know, potential all-pro talent in two running backs. It's it has you know if you want to go back to the 49ers golden years of you know maybe Wendell Tyler and Roger Craig and any great running back duo you ever want to bring up in NFL history that were on the same team, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt can absolutely rival that this season. That is the potential of this unit. And for everybody who wants to talk about getting Baker right and the opportunities with you know the tight ends and the wide receivers. I think it's all going to come from the running back unit, and there's going to hopefully be weeks where Kevin Stefanski doesn't have to open up the passing game that much because this duo with the improved offensive line play, um, sky is the limit. There is just no other way around that. Got more coming here in a bit as I try to give you the uh, offensive players that I think will make the uh, 53-man roster headed towards 2020 opening day. Uh, look, folks, uh, you know, I know everybody's thinking about, you know, football season. Uh, you know, obviously, maybe we had a little pause and hesitation with the, you know, Miami Marlins here over the 24 last 48 hours of what's going on with them. Um, the, you know, MLB saying they kind of expected there would be a blow up like this. I don't know if they thought that many numbers. Um, obviously, we still have time here with the NFL, but, you know, the NFL, it's going to be a whole different ball game here. And hopefully, you know, by the time it, it gets to be go time for the 2020 season, the NFL will have, you know, maybe a, a brighter future as far as, you know, the way COVID is looking nationwide. But if you're excited, it is time to gear up. It's time to get that apparel, the fresh stuff for 2020. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to ZaboApparel.com. S-Z-A-B-O. Brian Zabo, I cannot say enough kind words about he and his family. Obviously, Brian, a veteran, uh, has two uh, children serving in the military currently. Uh, the product is fantastic. It's soft, um, holds up to a wash. The designs are made from the heart, as Brian and his family you know, have loved this franchise through thick and thin for an extremely, extremely long time. Zabo Apparel on Twitter, on Instagram, ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O, ZaboApparel.com. Get geared up for the 2020 season with ZaboApparel.com. So now we're going to try to tinker here and establish what's going to be on the offensive side of the ball here for your Browns in 2020. As I mentioned, I don't see the need. I mean, Pete and I spoke on this yesterday. I don't see the need for a third quarterback for this season. Um, it's make or break for Baker Mayfield, not just for this year. It could be make or break whether or not you're going to bring in some serious potential in 2021 if we do not see you know the 2018 version of Baker Mayfield this year. Baker Mayfield is your starting quarterback. Um, unless something drastically goes wrong, you are not going to see anybody else take a snap in 2020 other than Baker Mayfield. Your backup quarterback, Case Keenum. Uh, again, now this is a player who knows the system. This is literally a... You know, have hammer, break glass. The only reason we want to use him is because we have no other choice. But he knows the system, knows Kevin Stefanski. 
the uh, talent around what's going to be around him is similar to what he succeeded with with the Minnesota Vikings in the year. You know, he went to the NFC Championship game against you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. So at the quarterback position, I'm going to only keep two. So two fall two thus far on the offensive side of the ball for you know making the roster for your 2020 Cleveland Browns. The running back position. Obviously, we know Nick Chubb is going to be here. No question about that. We know Kareem Hunt is going to be there. There's no question about that. Andy Janovich, we know he is going to be here. There's no question about that. I've gone back and forth at this running back position. And Dontrell Hilliard and anybody who knows, guys, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now. This has nothing to do with, you know, the events yesterday of, you know, where I found out that, you know, he's on the non-football injury list due to his COVID test. I'm not sure for Dontrell Hilliard. I'm not sure if we're getting enough as just a pure runner, carrier of the ball. Obviously, he's succeeded as a receiver here in the past. I, I just don't know if I see it uh, with Dontrell Hilliard making this team. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, special teams, returnability. There's other guys here who can do that. As far as, you know, kick coverage, punt coverage, if this team is going to want to play the amount of guys in the secondary and Joe Woods, who wants to play a lot more nickel and dime, which means you're probably going to want to keep an extra defensive back or two here. Some of these offensive guys that you know have had history of playing kick coverage here, I don't think the opportunity is going to be there. Because in order to carry more defensive backs, you're going to want a def- defensive backs on the field covering kicks before you're going to want a running back doing it anyway. But I will keep a fourth running back and a third halfback. I'm going to keep Brian Harrion out of University of Georgia. Um, Brian, obviously, in his years down in Athens, was caught behind a ton of running backs. Sony Michel, uh, our own Nick Chubb being one of them. Um, never a ton of carries, even his last year there. A little over 100, 200 and change carries in his time down in Athens. I think 20 receptions for his time down in Athens. But was once a highly thought of recruit. That's how we got to the University of Georgia here. Uh, yards per carry, I believe his career average is over four and a half while down in Georgia, um, look, it's going to be difficult because no one's going to get an opportunity in preseason games to show themselves and show themselves against true live action because, you know, I don't even know how much these inner squads will carry live actions. But I'm going to keep four running backs on the roster. And Dearness Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard, guys, has been fantastic. I'm going to keep Brian Harry in out of the University of Georgia. So now we have six guys on the roster, four at the running back position, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Brian Harry in, and Andy Janovich. The wide receiver position, and again, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, we know Odell is going to be here. We know Jarvis is going to be here. We know Rashard Higgins is going to be here. With what the Browns organization thought of the possibility Donovan Peoples-Jones can be, even though he was a sixth-round pick, they thought a lot higher of him. There's four right there. Now, this is where you're going to get to this difficult position, and I, you know, just like I spoke before on the running back position. Damian Ratley has had a little bit of success. Uh, Cordero Hodge, tiny bit of success last year as well. Both plus special teamers. But here, this is again, this is an opportunity where these guys may get squeezed out. And it might only be one of them. There might not be room for two is going to be the problem here. Because, again, if you're going to have all these defensive backs to play a heavy nickel, heavy dime, they're going to play the kick teams. So maybe you can sacrifice a spot between a Hodge or a Ratley because you're going to want to keep Tavier Thomas around. So um, for me, I'm going to go with Damian Ratley. And there's two ways you can do this. You can keep five wide receivers, or you can keep five tight ends. You could keep six wide receivers. You could keep four tight ends. Um, so, But for me, I'm going to split it. I'm going to go five at five. So I'm going to keep Damian Ratley at the wide receiver position. 
Kaderil Hodge, look, he's a plus special teamer. You might be able to move him, get maybe a pick for him, a compensatory pick, something. It's a really, really tough call. If it ended up being Kaderil Hodge over Damian Ratley, I could totally see that. DJ Montgomery, yes, I understand there were times last summer where we saw something that we liked. Uh, I'm just not sure if Donovan Peoples-Jones comes in here as somebody they brought in, whereas DJ Montgomery is a holdover and Donovan Peoples-Jones is somebody that's their guy as opposed to DJ Montgomery with somebody they inherited. So I'm going to go five wide receivers for the intensive purposes here today. Odell, Jarvis, Rashard, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Damian Ratley. Your five, which puts us to 11 at the moment here on the offensive side of the ball. The tight end position. Uh, obviously, we know Austin Hooper is here. There's no question about that. The Browns have showed and made the commitment to David Njoku by picking up the 2020-2021 fifth-year option. Harrison Bryant, fourth-round pick. Uh, you know, I think the Browns like what he can give them as a receiver. The question is going to be what he can do eventually as a blocker here. I don't think they are going to put too much on his plate this year. They're going to give him every opportunity to develop. There's three. This is where you get to the tricky part. Steven Carlson, he's the one guy, and Farrell Brown's probably in the same spot here. Look, the other three, Hooper's got the investment from the front office. Obviously, Njoku's now got the investment from the front office. Obviously, Harrison Bryant's got the investment from the front office. Now, the question is, what do you do here between Steven Carlson and Farrell Brown? As I said, we could go either way with this. You could just add six wide receivers, only keep four tight ends. Steven Carlson showed some nice development and showed the ability to make some plays last year as a rookie for this franchise, you know, out of Princeton, um, and probably somebody that was not counted on to do so. But, the, you know, got the opportunity, answered it, and did well for himself. Farrell Brown, if you were talking for the sec- looking for the second best blocker out of any tight end on this roster right now, not named Austin Hooper, it is going to be Farrell Brown. That may be a calling card for him. Yes, there's talk of Chris Hubbard maybe being a goal line tight end or a big tight end in obviously run situations. But Farrell Brown... And, you know, this could be a situation here. And look, you know, Carlson could make this team playing some special teams. Or maybe a Harrison Bryant. That could cover the fact that you only have one wide receiver. So I'm going to keep all five of these tight ends. Um, For me, if it's going to be the odd guy out, I think it could be Steven Carlson. Because the blocking is going to be of so much importance, which Farrell Brown gives you. But Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, Steven Carlson, Farrell Brown. I'm keeping all of them. And to this point, that gives us 16 on the offensive side of the ball here. Offensive lineman, left to right. You know Jedrick Wills is here. You know Joel Batonio is here. You know J.C. Trader is here. You know Wyatt Teller is going to be here. And you know Jack Conklin is going to be here. So there is your five right there, which puts us at 21 overall on the offensive side of the ball. Where do you go from here? Um, who plays tackle? Who plays guard? Who plays backup center? Chris Hubbard, I think he's gotten a show of faith from the front office, obviously similar to Olivier Vernon, where you know they were able to work out a number where Chris was comfortable with it to stick here. That obviously, you know, Brown's a show of faith, so to speak, to Chris Hubbard around. Gives you a third tackle, possibly a fourth tackle, like we've mentioned and have heard said, could be your big tight end and goal line, you know, third and inches, that type of thing. Kendall Lamb. Kendall Lamb is probably your third best offensive tackle on this roster. I uh, I feel for this point, he's going to be safe. Um, you're going to need somebody else on the interior. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, rookie Nick Harris drafted even where he was drafted. I think he's going to make this team as your backup center. Um, you know, groom him to maybe be one day part of that interior. We'll see how that works out. And it leaves you one open spot here. You, Drew Forbes. Drew Forbes 
Drew Forbes was taking reps on the inside last year, um, working towards getting playing time before Wyatt Teller solidified that. Drew Forbes, maybe last year, fit this team better as a guard. Drew Forbes was a tackle in college. I think Drew Forbes, with this system, maybe fits this system better as an offensive tackle. But now you're talking about a guy with guard experience. So you have versatility. Hubbard might be one that gets some you know, snaps on the inside as far as a reserve guard too. Harris may be viewed as, as the backup center or as a guard as well. So I think where you're going to go, it's going to be nine offensive linemen. Obviously, Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, uh, Drew Forbes, Nick Harris, Chris Hubbard, and Kendall Lamb as your nine offensive linemen, giving you 25 on the offensive side of the ball for your 2020 Cleveland Browns. We got to talk about the NFL news. We got to talk about Browns news of the day, running back preview ahead of 2020 training camp, and my best to predict the offensive side of the ball on the final 53-man roster here on Locked On Browns. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll try to do the defensive side of the ball. We'll see what the news brings us as far as where we can go there. Maybe we'll get into the wide receiver position a little bit as far as a training camp preview. That is your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns. Make sure you follow uh, the Twitter account at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open, obviously. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open. Uh, ideas, questions for the show, any questions in general, you don't want to put it on Twitter, guys. You're more than free to DM me. Make sure you're checking out uh, at Browns PFN, uh, obviously where we're working over at Pro Football Network, putting out some fantastic Browns content with Andrew Harbaugh, Sam Penix, and Corey Kinnon. These guys are just doing a fantastic job so far, and I'm really, really proud of the project that these guys, we're all putting together over there to this point. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.